welcome to the All My Favorite People podcast, where I talk with advocates, authors, and people just like you and me, who are all part of the remnant rising for such a time as this. Hey guys, it's Brittany. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. Today with me, I have my friend, Dr. Alex Pankoak. Hey Alex, how are you? Good. How are you, Brittany? I'm doing so good. I'm so glad you could join me today. I know it is a busy holiday season. As you see, we're feeling very festive today. Um, But she made some time for us to share something that I heard her speak on uh, several months ago. And it was news to me. And you guys know that when I learn something, I love to share it. So she is going to share with us a little bit about uh, today about let's just call it womanhood. Like, I don't know what else to call it. Maybe you have a better word to describe it, but um, she's going to share with us a little bit about that. But first she's going to tell us, Alex, please tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about your family. And then we will dive in to this very intriguing topic for women. Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Dr. Alex Pankoke. I am a chiropractor And I actually specialize in women's health, specifically helping women to have better birth experiences as well as um, uh, just in general taking care of their bodies a little bit differently than maybe uh, we've been taught by really honoring our design as a woman. So that's really kind of the title of this topic today is how to honor the way God designed us. So a little bit more about me. Uh, I am a wife. I'm a mom. I have two little boys and a little girl on the way. Um, I can't say I have a ton of hobbies right now. but (laughs) Mommy takes up a lot of energy, does it not? Yes. 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 And I own two businesses. um, So I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I just have a huge passion um, that's grown over time for, for women and really, like I said, like honoring our design, whether it's just in our general life, in our business, um, in the way we take care of our families and trying to give us the opportunities to maximize our, what God has given us. Um, I think there's just so many um, traditions and way of doing things that haven't considered that, not just for women, but in general, that um, really limits our capacity, I think, to really step into all God has for us. Um, and so when we start to understand how we are designed, we know why things are and how things are moving, how, why things are doing certain things. You can really step in and say, oh, I get it. This is what I need for this. And this is what I need for that. And this is how I can like really maximize my potential without draining myself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm so excited for you to share this with us. Um, I heard you speak on this, like I said, a few months back and, um, it's sort of a, I think it's somewhat revolutionary for women to be hearing this talked about. And this is, and guys, if you want to skip ahead to the end, and I'll do like a little, hey, guys, jump in here. Um, but this is definitely a conversation, I would say, for the ladies today. Um, but we're going to be talking a little bit about like our cycle, right? And how, um, I'll just say what I kind of took from it, which was, I always thought that you know, it's very normal for me to be low energy, maybe the week of the week before, maybe I'm feeling like um, I could eat everything in sight. 
maybe I have a lot of energy some days and then like low energy other days. And then, you know, I would come back around after it and I would feel energized. And I'm like, I'm going to do this new thing, whether that's like, I'm going to be awesome on social media this week, or I'm going to, you know, start exercising again, you know, that sort of thing. And so you, I was going through these like cycles just personally and thinking like, also thinking what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I be consistent? Why can't I show up with the same, you know, intensity or energy every day? Um, And so hearing you share about what the way that God like naturally made us and why those things uh, happen with women um, was really eye-opening. And so, like I said, I was so, I'm just so excited to have you share that uh, with our listeners today. Yeah. I can't wait to jump in. I love what you said about like feeling like, not that I love that you felt this way, but like there's something wrong with you. And I think that kind of just goes to that point of, um, you know, we're, we're so differently and uniquely designed as men versus women, which is beautiful. Um, and I think if, if, if you're a guy and you're still here, don't leave. Cause I think if you have any, if you live with a woman, whether you have a daughter, a mother, I mean, spouse, partner, um, you will learn so much more on how to not just support this person, but how navigating life can look a little bit different and Mm. differently for yourself. And I think you'll learn more about yourself too. So just like you felt, and a lot of women feel like there's something wrong with me. I try to do the Tony Robbins thing every single day. And like, I just think, but like, I try to be consistent, like every coach says, and it doesn't stick. Well, there's things that men, maybe they don't recognize or, um, I don't say recognize, but maybe they don't think about as much as we do, but there's things that men see women doing that they're like, why can't I do that? It's because you're not designed. It's not your purpose. And so when we know our purpose and our design to uh, like men versus women, that also allows us really to again not just maximize yourself, but maximize the, your team, um, whether it's your team at home, with your family or a team that you work with. So hmm. thank you. I'm like ready to just like kick the guys out of the room and be like, uh, go listen to something else. But no, I love that. Stay in the room listen so you have a better understanding and maybe more empathy, more compassion for us. Uh, and like she said, a little more understanding of why we are the way that we are as a uh, as a group, if you will. So Alex, jump right in. Let's hear it. Okay. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go ahead and share. I've got a little presentation um, here for y'all. There we go. Is it working? It's working. Okay, cool. So um, the original title of this is building your body with your business. Now, if you don't have a business, I mean, you have a house, you have a home, you have you have a life that you want to consider as you move through it every single day. So um, the main key here is honoring your design, especially as women. And uh, I already kind of talked about who I am. So I'll just skip over this. Um, there's some pictures of my family, Aww. my kids. I'm, I love birth and mamas and babies and all the things. Um, <laughs> But before we really dive in, I think there's a few topics we need to clearly define before we um, jump into the nitty gritty on like, what does the cycle look like? And the first thing I want to talk about is what is physiology? And physiology is basically the branch of biology that deals with how your body is supposed to function. So us talking about like, how are we designed? That's the study of physiology. And the reason this is important is because the 
the mindset or the the point of view that we are going to step into is a point of view that focuses on design which like i said is physiology or also known as vitalism when you are in healthcare there's a couple of different perspectives to look at health in general and your wellness and how to support yourself there's no wrong or right way to do this but um, coming from a chiropractic, a holistic standpoint, the way I see the body and what's normal and what's not normal, how things function is slightly different than my allopathic friends, which are tr like your traditional medical doctors um, and, and more traditional, uh, I would say, Western medicine. And the view is the, the difference in the view is this a vitalistic provider, which it doesn't really matter what letters are behind their name. It just depends on how they look at the body. Uh, a vitalistic provider like myself looks at the body and spends more time studying how things are supposed to work. We are here trying to figure out what is normal. What are all the variations of normal? How do we support normal with the philosophy that when you support normal, God designed you without mistakes. When you start doing things, supporting what is normal, your body starts healing and taking care of itself. Now, that doesn't eliminate the need for allopathic care, which is looking at disease, when things break, how they break, how do we help fix those things or uh, like address those things specifically. But it is a slightly, it's, a, it's a actually a very different way of looking at the system. I kind of think about it like um, if you were, uh, a really skilled mechanic. A really skilled mechanic is going to learn how cars work in general. They're going to not, they're not necessarily going to learn, okay, this is a Chevy Equinox 2018. And this is how a Chevy Equinox 2018 works. And these are all the things that a Chevy Equinox 2018 typically goes wrong. They're going to say, no, this is an engine. This is how an engine works. This is how an engine is supposed to work. This is how a muffler is supposed to work. This is how all these different parts move together. And a really skilled mechanic can look at any vehicle, find out where things are going awry, and then support it. Versus our allopathic uh, version, it's it's very different. It's very categorized. So you've got cardiologists. You've got gynecologists. You've got... um you know, internal medicine doctors, all of these different doctors and what they do, it's like specializing in Chevy, specializing in Ford, specializing in Audi, and they are specialized to find very specific things that are wrong and support those things or to help your body to heal from those things. The key to understanding is regardless of what kind of healthcare view you have, nobody heals you but you. Mm. God designed your body to heal from the inside out. All anyone else can do is facilitate the process, how you facilitate the process by addressing a symptom, a disability, uh, a sign, or by supporting your normal function and uh, your nutrition and your movement doesn't matter. Whatever perspective you come from, all you're doing is facilitating a change. So that's one thing to keep in mind when you look at your health and your health in general is no, number one, nobody can heal you but you or the a power built in you to heal you or God himself. Nobody heals you mm. but you. And number two, um, that there's two different ways to look at things. Both are very necessary in different instances. But I personally believe 90% of the time we should be focused on how God designed us and how do we support our design. And when things start to come up, like for myself, you know, if I'm starting to notice some signs and simple symptoms, instead of me necessarily treating the sign or the symptom, I go back to 
what is supposed to be happening here and why is this what's potentially not happening or what's potentially missing here that's creating this sign versus okay how can i cut like traditional medicine western medicine is usually like covering a sign or a symptom up so if i've got high blood pressure i'm going to take a medication to lower my blood pressure that's the symptom but the problem is before you have the high blood pressure, what's causing your blood pressure to go up in the first place? Right. Maybe there's something we need to address with our mental health. Maybe there's something we need to address with our diet. Maybe there's something in our environment that is potentially creating an opportunity for things to go awry in your system. And so that's that's the direction we're going to start with it, or we're going to focus on is the vitalistic, the physiological base sign. And the coolest thing, y'all, about looking at it this way is the difference between us and a mechanic is a mechanic can know all of the different, you know, how all the parts of a car works. They still have to go in and fix the thing externally and they have to fix everything that's wrong. The cool thing about the way God designed us is when somebody is a catalyst or you do something to catalyze a change, your body's designed to fix everything else. So you can literally focus on one thing and you may have multiple issues going on and all of a sudden things start firing because you're designed to heal. So it it would be so cool if, you know, I went and said, Hey, I've got a flat on my, like, there's something wrong with my alignment on my tire. Like, Oh, it's bent. They fix the axle. And all of a sudden my windows get fixed too. Like that doesn't happen (laughs) to a car, but that happens in, in a human, in in a human body and in biology and physiology, Mm. things that, may not seem related at all. When your body has the capacity to support normal function, all of a sudden things just start clicking. Hmm. That's awesome. Yes. (laughs) So we're built different. That's what I wanted to say. We are built different than an inanimate object, obviously, but especially as women, we're built different. We have completely different designs and a majority of um, our, what our health and wellness and recommendations are typically based on our college age men. So even men, if you're watching this and you're like, man, I've followed all these recommendations um, and you go back and you start to look at the research and the studies, they're usually studied, you know, studies are based on like 18 to 25 year old men. And if you don't fall into that category, it's likely just because your body's changed a little bit and that's okay. Um, but women specifically, so much research is not actually based on the population that it's being applied to. And huh. so that's one of the reasons we are going to be looking at how we are designed, getting to understand that. So you as a per- as a consumer, as a health as someone curious about your own health can say, okay, I see this recommendation, but it doesn't seem to make sense for me. And that gives you the ability to investigate if it is a good choice and, or if there's potentially an alternative. Um, so going into the built different, we kind of know this, but the, the first place we start with is the seed, right? So as a woman, our bodies are designed to take time to cultivate over an entire month, one egg. We don't actually even create the egg. The egg is there when you were born, meaning our body is designed radically different than a man who has the capacity to stay um, consistent all day long. Like his design is literally designed to be consistent. That's why so many of the self-help and business books are like, you've got to have consistency. You've got to do this every single day. Make your bed at the same time every single morning. Men are designed to do that. You uh, can create 1500 sperm a second 
all day long, whether you're awake, whether you're asleep. It's not dependent on um, your hormones at all. Your testosterone levels should stay the same. They vary, but not a whole lot throughout the day. Actually, you have a one day cycle. Your cycle restarts every single day. And so the contrast as a woman, we're not creating anything. It was already there. We're nurturing and cultivating. That is our job to nurture and cultivate something that already exists and to spend time and energy doing that. And we have a cycle that goes about a month every single month. But not only that, our hormones fluctuate throughout the day and we need a significant more amount of sleep than men to actually have that normal cycle. So men, women, our energy levels are dependent on the amount of sleep that we have and our capacity to heal depends on the amount of sleep that we have. Whereas men can get away with like six hours of sleep. Women really need 10 hours of sleep for this whole system to do what it's supposed to do. Okay, let's pause for just a second on the sleep thing, because this is something new that I've realized over the last maybe year or so also. And can I tell you, when I started prioritizing sleep, my mental health got better. Like my just energy level obviously went up because I was getting an adequate amount of sleep. But there, I don't know, like my husband and I like to sit in bed and watch, you know, the office or whatever at night, like. He can stay up till midnight, 1 a.m. I'm like at 11 o'clock, my eyes are closed. I'm like, you know, head hitting the pillow. But I love that there's like data behind this because for the longest time it was like, hey, stay up with me. And I'm like, I literally can't. And now I have like proof to back up my uh, my side of the story, if you will. Yes, yes. Your body needs sleep to produce your home hormones. So men produce testosterone, whether they're awake, whether they're asleep, they produce sperm, whether they're awake, whether they're asleep. Women are, are um, hormones, our entire hormonal system requires at least 10 hours of sleep at night and kind of talking about design, this isn't in here, but it's it's like, I can nerd out on design all day long. Um, But before the light bulb, even the Proverbs 31 woman who was up before night, like before daylight was getting 10 hours of sleep. Cause what yeah. are you going to do when you don't have light? Yes. You, you were asleep when the sun went down, right? Yeah. yeah. You slept when the sun went down Yeah, you true. Were more productive during the day because you were not exhausted. And even if you got up before the sun came up, you still were getting a full, full cycle of sleep, which allows for our, our, our systems to reset the way they need to, for us to function. And so when we start throwing our sleep off, especially as women, but we start consistently not getting enough sleep, you'll start to notice our cycles can start to go awry. And our cycles are one of our indicators of our overall health. Hmm. So one of the things that we look at from that vitalistic perspective of how are things supposed to work, we have different signs of life that we need to be aware of in order to measure our health without necessarily needing to go and get a blood draw or any kind of testing. You can just look at your overall signs of life and say, Hey, am I doing well here? So one of those signs of life is assimilation. When you eat, well, everything you eat needs to turn into something in your body or it needs to be eliminated. So assimilation means when you eat a piece of broccoli, that broccoli is going to turn into eye cells. It's going to turn into hand cells. It's going to turn into whatever kind of cells. But if we have struggles with our digestive system, meaning we aren't absorbing properly, that's a sign that our that's one of our signs of life that is not at the top of its game. 
when we have our cycle, uh, our, 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 our cycle, if it's not um, consistent now, every now and then there's going to be somebody who there's something different. And, you know, in general, most women should have a cycle that's predictable. Um, when you have a cycle that's predictable and becomes unpredictable, or your cycles have been kind of all over the place since you started your cycle, that's a sign that your reproductive system, there's something off there. That's a sign of life that something's not functioning properly. We have elimination goes along with assimilation. Do you get constipated or do you have issues with your digestion? Um, we have the sign of life, of, like, can you breathe? Do you get enough oxygen into your body? Can you, um, there's, there's several different biological signs of life. And I don't want to get into that because we'll get off track, but just knowing you can very simply like even Google, what are the biological signs of life? How do we determine something is alive? If we go to Mars, what are the qualifications that this thing is alive? Yeah. And how am I functioning in all those categories? Awesome. I love it. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> like I'm totally going there. So, um, with that, I kind of want to segue into the invisible load. We talked about our sleep. We talked about how important it is to sleep, but there's also this invisible load on women that can compound uh, disorganization in our system if we don't honor it. And that invisible load, most women know, is the fact that there's a lot that we do that we don't get paid for necessarily that is just a part of life, right? So um, fortunately, I think so many more men are starting to see that invisible load and be supportive by actually participating in those things, those activities and not looking at them like helping, but actually being a active member of their family. So things like doing the dishes, uh, picking the kids up, taking care of the kids, like men, you don't babysit your children because they're your children and babysitters, somebody who gets paid to watch somebody else's children. Right. right? So, um, you know, all of the different, uh, tasks that, that, that second shift that moms come home. If you're a working mom, you come home and it's like, you don't actually stop working. You just keep working until you go to bed. Um, that when not honored can really take a toll on your system, on your mental health, um, on your health in general. So just knowing that you're probably doing a lot more than you realize on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah. the key, as we mentioned, is rest. One of the keys to success is rest. Women need a nine to 11 hours for our systems to really reset. So that leads me straight into the fun part, the, the detail, the nitty gritty of the, the cycle itself. So we talked about how men have a 24 hour cycle and we have a 24 hour cycle as, as well. And like our hormones fluctuate throughout the day, but obviously we're here to talk about the, the monthly cycle and there's different phases and these phases tend to align up um, with certain times of the month ecologically. So for a lot of women, they tend to line up with the moon. Now, if you really dive into this, you will find a ton of um, information that can be from different schools of thought or not just schools of thought, but um, different worldviews than like, I obviously you can tell I have a Christian worldview. Um, I personally take that with a grain of salt, but I look at more from the science perspective. So as a woman, mm -hmm. uh, we talk about cycles tending, tending to line up with the moon. Well, the moon affects water. Your body is 90% water. Yes. This is one of the reasons why we tend to see women line up with lunar cycles 
most women line up with a lunar cycle and then there's a small percentage of women who line up on the new moon. And then there's women who will fall anywhere in between there. Your body may be trying to regulate between the two or regulate with your sister or somebody that you're spending a lot of time with uh, another woman. And as we all know, our cycles can sync up. And so um, if you find yourself in a season where you're like, man, like my cycle was pretty consistent, but it seems kind of disorganized. And this doesn't seem like a trend that's been going on for more than a few months. It may just be you're trying to line up with somebody else and that's okay. Like it'll shift a couple of days every single time to try to get you to line up. Um, But for the most part, it should be relatively consistent, whether it's 24 days, 28 days, you know, 30 days, everybody's a slightly different, but let's talk about the different phases. Yeah. So our first phase of the cycle actually starts with your first day of menstruation. Sometimes people think of the first day of your period as like the last day you menstruate. Technically, that's not uh, that's not accurate. It's not how we base our science off of. It's the first day that you menstruate. So if you've ever been pregnant or tried to get pregnant, like that's the day you're going to pick your last menstruation or your first day of your cycle. Um, this is the first one to six days or seven days, really, however long you are bleeding for. And during this phase, you're going to be tired. Your hormones are going to be at their lowest point. So this is where you really want to prioritize sleep and rest. What can happen is when you push yourself a little too much during this phase is you will be spending the next phase trying to play catch up. And that can kind of throw the rest of your month off just a little bit. So I really encourage women during the first six days to consider how much can you build in rest to your life? I, as a chiropractor, I personally, when I, when I'm not pregnant, when I uh, am not pregnant, I will schedule my patients differently during that time of the month. I spread my visits out just a little bit. I take a few less people per, per week. Um, I, I even shorten my shift. So I, I shorten my shifts a little bit and I see fewer people during my shift because I know my body needs more rest. Not only that, the, the hormones that are in your system can make it more likely in the menstrual phase or just before the menstrual phase for you to be injured. So if you like look at any sports research, women in sports, there a lot of athletes and a lot of really skilled coaches um, and, and exercise physiologists who work with your professional female athletes, Olympians, they actually build their training around their cycle because there are certain points of your cycle where you're more likely to be injured. And this is one hmm. of those times as well. And so if you have any kind of physical job uh, like I do, that's also something to keep in mind. So spend this time in restful uh, 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 reflection. This is also a good time to kind of settle in and make decisions on things. So if you're really spending time, like, you know, looking at how did last month go? What are some things I want to consider potentially tweak change in the next month or in the next quarter? Um, What decisions do I need to make? Uh, This is a good time to do that. Okay, that kind of seems odd to me because I feel like I'm an emotional basket case during those six days. So is there a reason why that's good? Is it because you're more reflective or? If you're putting the intention in to really rest and reflect, one thing I want to also mention is our emotions shouldn't be all over the place during our cycle. So one thing that we do talk are not all over the place, but um, during, during menstruation. So yeah. one thing I do want to talk about is there's a lot of things out there that we have women as women have been told is completely normal. 
that it's really common. We see it a lot, but it's not actually physiologically normal. You mm. shouldn't be a basket pace basket case during menstruation. Um, that's, that's an indicator for me. Like maybe your cycle is normal. Maybe things seem normal, but you're having like really strong emotions during menstruation. That's a sign that there's maybe something a little off, um, in that phase. And that's where as a provider, I would start asking you like a lot of like, uh, like, um, personal questions of like, how heavy is your cycle? Do you clot? Like, and like, stuff like that to try to get an idea of what's going on at that phase. Um, Do you so, think we use that as like an excuse? Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm therapizing myself right now. Like, is that something where we're like, I'm, I'm just crazy this week. And you start, we've sort of used that as like a crutch to be a little like extra that week. I think sometimes I hate to say it, but I think because it's normalized. Yeah it's it's one of the reasons people will do it instead of getting curious and say hey like why do I feel like this during my cycle um you know a lot of the women that I work with I I didn't mention but I actually really am passionate about c-section recovery and restoration and a lot of women's cycles get completely thrown Mm -hmm. off after c-section and so one of the things uh the indicators that we are really moving forward is um their cycles will start to change and it may not change the day, but they're like, yeah, like it was not as heavy or it was not as light. And I just, you know, I didn't even realize it was coming up and it came up and I didn't have any, I didn't feel crazy at all. I just felt normal. And it was just like something that I was, you know, not a big deal. I felt a little tired and that's it. That's how your cycle should feel like, Mm. yeah, I'm more tired, um, but I've intentionally built in some rest. Um, but I'm not, the, you know, bleeding is, is manageable. It's not light. It's not heavy. It's not clotting. It's, you know, a, a healthy color. It's not, you know, you know, a, a bunch of different colors. It doesn't smell, it shouldn't smell, um, like anything, like anything other than smelling like a penny. Cause there's a lot of, uh, copper, uh, it shouldn't smell, um, all of those different things. We can kind of dive into of what looks like a healthy cycle, but, if you are experiencing that, I also want you to know, know where you're at. Mm. I don't want you to like, say like, it's an excuse. If you know that maybe you shouldn't make decisions while you're on on your cycle. Okay. That's fine. I'm going to work to improve and change that, um, and improve, like see how I can support my health. And then when I get there, then we can switch that up and start making decisions there. But for right now, I know that this is not the best time for me to make big decisions. So I'm going to move that to another time. Yeah. Okay, cool. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. And so that was into our next phase, uh, the follicular phase, which we consider like the creative phase. This is where your, the egg is the follicle of the egg is starting to, um, for lack of a better term, blossom. Um, your body is, has chosen an egg to release and it's starting to prepare, well, a couple of eggs is starting to prepare that egg. This is also a good time to start projects. Your body, your hormones should have come back up at this point. So after you're, after you've menstruated, you should start to feel, oh, I feel a little more energy. I have more creativity. This is a time to start projects, to also start planning things out throughout the rest of the month or the quarter. This is a great time to brainstorm. 
And then moving on to our ovulation phase, it starts around 12 weeks or halfway through your cycle. This is a time where your estrogen is going to peak. This is the time like our body's literally trying to get pregnant. And so you're going to glow a little bit more. You're going to feel more energetic. You're going to want to get out there. You're going to want to like your relationship building, um, or like fostering a relationship is definitely something that you're going to innately want to do. Um, whether it's, you know, a business relationship, a relationship with your spouse, you know, your family members, you're going to, that's your body's innately going to want to do those things. Um, your libido obviously might go up during this time, but this is a time where you want to step in and really prioritize being visible. So when I talk about looking at a business structure, this is the time where I schedule like meetings, meetups. Like I want to meet somebody else and get it. Like, this is where I'm going to feel my best. I'm going to have the most energy. My skin's going to look its best. Um, I notice I actually change like what I wear. I didn't even realize this until my husband pointed it out. And because he knows these things, he can kind of recognize. He's like, do you notice like you, you wear a little more, um, uh, flattering clothing during this, during this time I'm put make, I don't really like to wear makeup, but like, I'll put a little makeup on during this time. I'm a lot more talkative. Um, and so this is when I schedule meetings. Like if I want to meet somebody, a new, a new um, potential business partner or um, yeah, like a, a relationship uh, in the business, or this is when I love taking new patients because I'm like energetic. I'm excited. I want to build, want to get to know you. This is the best time to schedule huh. a new patient appointment with me. And I have more new patient appointments on the schedule during this part of my cycle. I'm just, I'm just feeling good. Yeah. So this is a good time to plan out communication. Huh. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. And then that makes, that, that makes a lot of sense too. Just like looking at my own life, I'm sort of like filtering all of this through my own experience and just being like, I am definitely like that, you know, like that's been this week. And I'm just like, I love that we're doing this. Like I could, we could talk our ears off each other right now. So this is so great. Yeah. And that's like, what you'll typically find, especially like coming between follicular and ovulation, like this is where I feel like women or I notice women mostly tend to want to start a new workout program. Like yeah. we're like, Hey, like I'm energetic. I feel good. I want to get out there. I want to feel good about myself. I'm going to start working out. You start a program and You're then 10 like, days. <laughs> yeah. For 10 days, you're feeling real good. And then we switch into our luteal phase, which our progesterone then surges. And it's not necessarily that um, your, your energy towards the end does like go down a little bit, but you're not as energetic as you were before. This is where you can kind of, you can force or like train yourself into being consistent. This is where you're like, oh yeah, like this new habit I'm building is really working. Like I'm working out. This is great. Da, 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 until you get slightly to the end, but you have really a lot of focus during this time. Your, your goal is to finish projects. Your body is trying to make sure that if you have been, your body has been fertilized to be pregnant, it's like, okay, this is go time. Let's make sure everything is dialed in and ready to go. This is your, this is when it's a good time to be de detail oriented and start. Um, this is a good time to also create content. If you do a lot of social media, wrap things up, finish things up. And then we go into that, uh, the uh, menstruation phase and start all over. Having that high progesterone during this phase um, is also one of those things to consider when I tell people, talk to people about 
Um, if you are a physical person, like a very physical person, whether you're athletic and working out or you have a physical job, this is also one of those times you're more likely to get injured because progesterone makes uh, softens your ligaments just a little bit. And so you're more likely to sprain and injure yourself. So just keeping that in mind when you are planning out your life uh, as far as physicality goes. Um, one thing to keep in mind, though, kind of going with that train of thought of like I start and I stop exercising yeah. is if you know now that you know how your body works, instead of what I see oftentimes a lot of women shaming themselves for yeah. starting and stopping, whether it's projects or working out saying, OK, this is when, I, when I'm going to when I'm going to work out and this is when I'm not like towards the end of my luteal phase, I'm going to wrap up this maybe a cycle of of uh of a program I've worked on. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to slow it down. Um, I'm going to do maybe some lighter weights and modifications here. Maybe I'm going to um, lighten my run a little bit. If you're running, I'm going to do shorter runs. And then when I step into menstruation phase, maybe you just take the week off and you accept the fact that your body needs the rest and yeah. you're going to get that extra rest by not working out. You're going to take that hour, hour and a half, whatever it would have been. And I'm going to sleep that time. And I'm not going to feel bad about it because my body overall is going to do better taking that week off mm. than forcing, like pushing through it or feeling bad about it and creating other hormones the hormones that come up with shame and guilt was cortisol. Yeah. yeah. And set yourself in the opposite. Back. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Give yourself so, some grace, ladies. Yes. Give Three yourself some program. Grace. Um, take the break if you need yeah. it. Or um, I I like to do really like active recovery. So I'll stretch for like 15 minutes. That's my whole workout. That's all I got to give today <laughs> is a 15 minute light stretch. I know I got up. I feel good that I moved my body. Um, yeah. I feel good that I like, you know, for wanting to build consistent habits, I didn't fall off. I spent 10 minutes focusing on my body and myself and moving. And it's what I was uh, agreed to myself to do. Yeah. And so I am being consistent within what makes sense for my system. Mm. I saw a thing the other day that said, if you only have 40% to give and you give 40%, you actually gave 100%. And I love that because it's like, that's what that reminds me of. It's like, here's what I can do. So I'll do that. And that's, that's okay. I love it. Yeah. I love that's cool. a great quote. Um, so yeah, that that's your cycle. Those are the phases. We're gonna reflect, create, communicate, complete, and repeat, rinse, wash, and repeat every okay. single month. And so um I encourage women to really sit down and look at your calendar. I actually I can kind of show you I am a pen and paper person. Yeah. I changed my calendar, my schedule, my personal my life schedule. This is like everything in the blue boxes is personal life and then work fits in the middle. Um, as you can tell, I don't work as much as most people because I prioritize some other things. And, and so, um, but when I sit down and I look and I start planning my, my quarterly schedule out, I'm also considering this at the time. Now, right now being pregnant, it kind of looks a little bit different. Um, there is a cycle to the pregnancy as well to consider if anybody is ever curious, you can always reach out and ask me about that. Um, but I'm looking at my, my schedule and saying, okay, will this like general template of my schedule for this next quarter work in the different cycles of my, of my month, every single mm -hmm. month. And so if you are scheduling yourself to where like your life to where you don't have flexibility during your menstruation, then I would consider kind of coming back. And this is just, like I said, like I do, like I do it on paper. I template out my ideal, ideal schedule from 7am to 9pm every single 
day of the week and, and um, what would potentially go in there and would that work during all phases of my cycle? Yeah. My favorite thing is when I commit to something when I'm clearly in one of my better phases and then it comes up and I'm in another phase and I'm like, I don't want to go do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, but it, it it's good. Again, it like, um, it, it brings clarity, I think, to those situations of like, this is sort of, like you said, maybe it's not normal, but it's common. And so we've, we've allowed it or we've accepted it, but like maybe even just being able to articulate and say why this is happening sometimes is nice. Yeah. And when, and when you get really good at it, you'll be able to notice, like, um, sometimes I would even say like, make four of these, like, this is your ideal week for yeah. each week of your, of your cycle. Um, but you can start looking ahead and say, for example, like you, we kind of had a hiccup, we were going to do this earlier. And I didn't know, I think when I agreed that I was expecting, or maybe I didn't think I was going to not feel so good. And it kind of just fell off, right? Like you, yeah. I wanted to do it. And I was like, I just can't, I'm sorry. Um, but if you find that happening often, like you agree to something, you know, during your ovulation phase and people want to book during your menstruation phase, you can, if you have it, if you do like a paper calendar or whatever kind of calendar, just pencil in, like, I don't do appointments during this. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just not available. You, do, yes. you know, Even if the time is on your calendar, say, I'm just not available. Um, can we do the, the following week? I, I'm, you know, you're going to feel better Yeah. In a, totally. at a different time. Yeah. That's so good. What else yeah. you got for us, Alex? So what if you don't cycle? This is a great question. I get a lot. Um, if you don't cycle, whether you're um, postmenopausal, um, maybe you're on a birth control or some kind of hormone that doesn't allow you to cycle. What I recommend is for women to look at the moon. So I, I same thing, like assume your cycle is around the moon and then you can um, give your, take a journal of how you're feeling throughout the month. Okay. And see if it if you can kind of find a, a flow of when you're feeling what you're feeling throughout the month, um, and figure out when you cycle without cycling. Hmm. Um, the last couple of slides I have are just some stages of womanhood. I think are poignant to just keep in mind that um, there are also like we have a cycle during the day, we have a cycle during the month, and we also have a cycle to our life. And so the first phase is our preconception phase of life. This is when you have not had a child yet. So if you are have not had children, you're in the preconception phase. So whether you're a 15-year-old watching this and maybe children are nowhere on the horizon for you or you don't have you're you're still looking for a partner or spouse whatever it may be you would be considered in the preconception phase of life and how your body functions is like somebody who's preconception once you start cycling this is a time for you to prepare store and brainstorm so i tell uh, some of the young ladies that i've worked with this is your time to prepare for becoming a wife for becoming a mom this is your time to work on yourself this is your time to store up and prep and plan this is also a phase that women will go through after they've had kids so if you had kids, but, uh, and we'll kind of come back to how that cycle works together. You will come back to preconception if you're not in the other phases. And so in between children, it's time to prepare. It's time to store. It's time to brainstorm. It's time to get ready for your next pregnancy, whether it's a pregnancy with a person or with an idea, with a business, um, a phase of life. Okay. The second phase is then pregnancy, mm -hmm. whether you're, you can be pregnant with a person 
You can be pregnant with an idea. You can be pregnant with a phase of your business. This is where you cultivate. This is where you work. And this is where you you finish projects. And then you're going to birth. This is where you're going to express. This is is the harvest season. So you're going to either birth that person or you're going to birth a business. You're going to birth a new phase. Maybe you're a mom and you have little ones that have been at home and you're about to send them to school. You're going to birth that new phase of life for you of being a mom that has children at school if you're you're schooling them outside of the house. Um, uh, You know, you can be birthing into being an empty nester. You can be birthing into all kinds of things, a new phase of life. And this is where you express that. And then we have the postpartum phase, which is something we get skipped so much. We mm. think about, you know, postpartum is like six weeks and then you should be done. But postpartum phys- physiologically really can last up to 18 months where it, take, it can take 18 months for your body to I not bounce back. I do I do not like the word bounce back or the yeah. idea because you will never be the same. You are a different person after each birth, regardless if it's a person, a business, whatever. You're a different person, but this is the healing phase. This is a time to accept support. This is time to rest and recover. So I think about like I just birthed a, a new project in my business and it's awesome. And it it happened and I'm kind of tired. And so now I'm going to take that time to, before I jump into anything else, I even start thinking of a new project. We're going to take time to rest and recover from the, we just did a really cool event in the office. We're going to take a couple of weeks and be like, okay, we're postpartum from this event. I'm going to start replenishing our stores and our energy. And then we come back to preconception again. So I want women to know like, this is a normal cycle you will go through your entire life, whether it is with a like physiological pregnancy and birth, or if it is phases of life, ideas, jobs, whatever it may be. And the very last one to, to talk about is menopause. The one that all of us as women were like, oh, nobody has to deal with that. Think about that. Um, this is a time for transition. And we're all going to go menopause physiologically, but you can also go through menopause when you close out a chapter of your life. So mm-hmm. if you're going through transition, um, this is a great, a great example is an empty nester. You're going to go through birthing the children out that, that, that opportunity of your kids stepping out of the house. There's a lot of buildup to that. Yeah. There's also time to rest, but then there's time to transition, reflect and, and repurpose. I love this. That's so cool. And so that's, that's, that's the presentation. That's, that's, I just want everyone to know that you were, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. These seasons are meant to work together and to your, for your good. And so if you feel like yourself, like saying, what is wrong with me? One of the first things I recommend when someone says that is to reflect back in and say, is there actually something wrong with me? Or is the environment I'm in not mm. supporting what who I am? I yeah. say this a lot with my kiddos. I think the world has changed so much. And I see kiddos in my office, my own kids themselves. And uh, sometimes people saying, what is wrong with them? Is there like, is there, you know, I, I have a big, like, kind of like heart for kids who have been um, you know, diagnosed with behavioral disorders and things like that. And sometimes I take a step back. I'm like, okay, is there something wrong with this kid or is the environment crazy? And the kid is responding to a crazy environment. The same thing can happen to us. Like, is, are we normal? (laughs) And what we're doing outside is not normal. And we feel chaotic because the outside is not right. Do we need to look at the external before we blame ourselves for everything and understand, like I said, like everything will be 
woven together for your good and that you were beautifully and wonderfully made. Thank you. I love that. That was so beautiful and so much good information in there. I hope um, guys and girls that have stuck around um, definitely learned something for sure in that. You know, what you just said about the labels, just as a mom of a child on the spectrum, I gotta say this too, is um, I did see something recently that said it was someone asking that question. Can we label the environments and not the people? Like, And I think that's so true. And it does go beyond just our kids, right? It goes to us too. And um, this idea that, you know, we can speak up for ourselves, we can um, find our voices, which is what we're all about here on this podcast, you know, we can build in support around us. um, And, and I know not everyone has that. So what do you say maybe to the person, Alex, who, um, you know, this, this maybe stirred something up like, oh, I need a, I need a, I need to check on myself. I need to self-reflect. I need to um, maybe do a little shifting of my life to, to maybe help even support my own self. What would you say to her as she's listening? Yeah, I would say uh, reflect on expectations. Mm, that's so good. What? is expected of you externally, whether it's in your, your work life, your marriage, your family business, what it, and then what are you expecting from yourself? And are those reasonable expectations? Yeah. Or are the expectations unclear? Um, I see this, like, you know, I say this a lot with relationships. Um, I think most marriages, the, the issues in a lot of marriages, at least I've seen in my own, especially is when things go awry, because we have different expectations that haven't been communicated well. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, are you potentially giving yourself, like you have expectations for yourself that are not in alignment with how you were designed. I feel like there's like this super mom and this super woman, like Instagram avatar that in our culture we've created and it's completely unreasonable. Yeah, And it's funny because I kind of feel like we've all kind of rec- recognized like Barbie is not like real, like way Barbie looks is not real. Like women can't look like that. But then it's just kind of shifted to this like Instagram perfect mom or something like that, where there's like this expectation that you should be able to be able to, you know, homeschool your kids, work full time, make six figures, have a perfectly clean house, like never trip, wear high heel, Like yeah. and it's completely insane. And yeah. I'm like, and like, I'm the person who like, take perfect care of yourself. I'm like, <laughs> I start to look at those expectations that have been, sometimes they're not actually placed on you. You place on yourself So true. Start to recognize that, um, it's just not in alignment with my values or mm. it's not in alignment with my design. One of the things that I, I really know that there's like, I have felt a lot of pressure that I put on myself, but I thought other people were putting on me was this pressure to be like the soccer mom who has their kids in several activities and and allows them to do all of these different sports. And I'm like, between the hours of two 30 and five o'clock is when I feel the most anxious outside of my home, because Mm -hmm. the world outside of the house, like the world's anxious between two 30 and five 30, everybody's running from one thing to the other and trying to get dinner, blood sugars low. Like there's all this stuff, chaos going on. It feels like during those hours. And I don't like being in that, especially as an empath. Like I start, like, I like, I had a great day. I'm so wrong. I feel great. And then I get out of my house and I'm like, yeah. And so I don't do the after school activities. We 
create opportunities for our kids during hours that are not going to put us in like this crazy schedule. We try to be home from 3.30 to 6.30 or somewhere, but not out in the world. At least I try to be. Yeah. Um, Like my kiddo does have one activity, but I only have to do that one day a week. And my husband has it the other day. And that's the capacity that we have. I'm not going to run around. And it's down the street. Like I could walk there. I don't got to get in traffic. But that's like me recognizing who I am, my design and where I'm at in life and knowing that I don't enjoy that crazy, that for me, what feels crazy three to five, the environment to me feels crazy. I'm not the crazy one. I just don't need to put myself in that environment. Yeah. I think so much of this conversation kind of hinges on like listening to ourselves again, right? Like we've gotten so in this world and in this culture of just stay busy, stay attached to your screen, stay focused on all the things going on around you that I think to a degree we've unlearned how to listen to ourselves. And even as something as simple as our cycle, like it's trying to tell you something, right? It's trying to show you um, God really through his design is trying to show us how to work, you know, live in a rhythm of that rest and, and repeat, if you will. And so thank you so much for sharing all this like knowledge and wisdom with us. This was so good. And I really hope that um, you ladies especially enjoyed it, but that if the guys that stuck around, you learned a thing or two for sure. And um, Alex, let everyone know where they can find you online and how um, if they're in the, I think you're in Dallas, Texas, right? If they're in the Texas area uh, that they could come and maybe become a new patient or client or, or anything like that. So just tell us a little bit on how they can connect with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I kind of complicated because we're in transition. Um, doctor.mama.bird is my Instagram handle. Um, Dr. Mama Bird. Uh, you can find me there. Um, practice is in Kendall Chiropractic. And we also have an Instagram. It's in kindle.chiropractic. Um, that's the best place to find us. We've got a link tree. I'll send you to the websites, all the different things and any transitions that come up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alex. I so appreciate your time. I hope you and your family have a beautiful holiday and congratulations again on the new thank little you. one in your family. And um, thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you on the next one. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.